Hello, everybody. Uh, it's me, your host, your favorite host, Pat, because Evan didn't fly to California with me, so in your face. Uh, and I am here with Jamie Coletta of Side One Dummy, the director of marketing. Hello, it's me. Yeah, cool. Uh, and so cool, we're doing our first uh, remote episode, so I'm very excited about that. Yeah. Uh, so thank you for having me. Happy to be the first remote episode. Hell yeah, it's going to be great. Um, so I guess... Just to get started, uh, what have you been listening to recently? Um, well, obviously, I have been listening to the Paramore album, After yeah. Laughter, constantly. Um, addition to that, since we are probably going to talk about that quite a bit, um, side one stuff, Allison Weiss has a new single called Runaway cool. that I literally keep repeating constantly. Um, and then we also just signed a band called Warriors cool. um, from Philly slash New York. And we have uh, their new single is called Future Me. And nice. that's out everywhere now and everyone can listen to it and hear how awesome it is. So uh, it's coming from a forthcoming record that I'll say nothing about. Um, but, but I've been listening to that. Yeah, it exists and I've been <laughs> listening to it quite a bit. So that's good to know that like it's it's in this room, honestly. It's, uh -oh. it's here. In right. some capacity. It's digital, <laughs> but it's here. Sure, sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, and other than that, I'm, I'm really into, like, lately I've been really liking, like, Little Uzi Vert, and, uh -huh. which is, like, a total deviation, I guess. Um, not even, though. Um, Little Uzi Vert I love. I love that. Um, I think his name is Black. It's spelled 6-L-A-C-K. Okay, um, cool. I'm pronouncing it how I think it's pronounced. Um, <laughs> it's just not, like, six lines. Yeah, yeah. And, like, Little Yachty's new record I've been listening to a lot. So, yeah. like, that's kind of a deviation from what I normally listen to. But oh, yeah. Lately, I just, Trap has been really interesting to me. Uh -huh. And the song, like that, I, I hate, I really hate that I love it, but that Post Malone song with Quavo from Migos, it's all over the radio, but I really, really like it. It's called yeah. Congratulations. And it's like all these songs that are like, the, the style of trap music right now is very similar to like, it, it does all the things I like about like punk and pop punk and emo where it like makes me feel sad at times or like <laughs> makes me feel emotions of some yeah, kind like if, yeah. a, if a song is cool that's great but if it doesn't make me feel like pretty pretty bleak then i don't really <laughs> i don't go back to it like it has to well, make me feel something i mean so. yeah no i get that because like what i would the things i've been listening to recently uh and especially driving around like the past couple days uh Yes, you can drive here. <laughs> right, but like <laughs> Which is but the thing. like basically what that means for what I'm listening to is like it's super different than what I was listening to at work the other day cuz like yeah. at work I've been listening to like like Chopin cuz like I need to like <laughs> That's be calm good and stuff, like yeah. it's I mean it's great. I don't mean to discredit it, but yeah. like uh yeah, like cuz I was thinking about that on the way over here what I've been listening to and it's like um you know, I've just found you know, this composer that I was like, this is pretty cool. Uh, and then what else? I don't know. It's been weird because, like, <laughs> I've been in a car and, like, that's a – it's an old experience. But it's like I haven't listened to an album in a car. Uh, what was I listening – let me think. Uh, we – there's an all classical radio station here in yeah. LA, and it's awesome. I don't that's, know if that's well. That's here. the other thing. Like radio it's very stations, cool. I was like, oh. We also have an all. Uh, old school 90s R&B and hip hop station nice. all the time 24/7 so <laughs> we're blessed I I think I'll go with this I went the other night to a dance party Dan Deacon was DJing Nice and that was real cool because there were songs that I was dancing up a storm to which I never <laughs> do but like there's something about like uh 
like he played a song from the Little Mermaid soundtrack, and I was like, that works. Sure. Uh, <laughs> and then he played uh, La Tigra's Decepticon, and like. My, I hope one. I hope those like flowed back to back. I mean, I think it was pretty close, <laughs> uh, and almost blew out my voice to it. So I feel like I nice. did the weekend right. That sounds great. And that was in LA, or that was like somewhere out here. Yeah, that was out uh, at Max Fun Con. Got so it. That was perfect. Perfect LA experience. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> yes. And then I had a Lyft driver uh, pitch me his YouTube series. So oh, good. I feel like I'm like really soaking You're really getting it, yeah. <laughs> you just need to go to like a coffee shop and, and see somebody typing out a script or something. And then you really will. Yeah. Well, my it. first time in LA, I saw Polly Shore mm. writing a script. Oh. So like. That's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. But also this, I I truly enjoy LA, but I think it's. As weird as New York, but in very different ways. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. uh, but it's good. I like it. Yes. It's fun. <laughs> yeah, I love it here. Um, cool. All right. So I guess let's jump into the song you want to talk about or the sure. album you want to talk about. Yeah. I Well, I picked a song because I yeah. had to, but the, it's like <laughs> out of the whole album, it's the song that I was like immediately gravitated towards and like that I kept replaying. Yeah. And I think, I think give me you know i listen to the record probably like three or four times a day at this point so like give me another couple of weeks and i'll probably have like five different, different song. favorite songs yeah. over the course of that time frame so this, this right is, now this is a i cannot remember the name of the album but it's paramore's new album paramore's new album the album is called after laughter yeah which i hate saying out loud i think it sounds terrible yeah <laughs> after laughter just the wording is interesting but i guess it's I don't know. I don't haven't followed Paramore's career that that deeply in the over the past couple of years. They were a band that I got into when like I saw them on their first Warp tour, mm -hmm. and I was a big fan of those first couple records. And like I followed them, and just as they were starting to break into like the pop space, is yeah. sort of when I backed out uh -huh. in traditional. Uh, my taste is better than the rest of the world. So I was like, oh, they're getting popular. I'm out. You know, like, yeah. I backed out a little bit. And so I haven't followed everything too deeply. I know there was a lot of controversy with like members leaving and stuff sure. like that that I don't know much about. But I assume the title of this record is to imply kind of the themes that she talks about over the course of the album. Yeah. Which are pretty bleak. <laughs> yeah. And like, I think I did the same thing with Paramore because like, you know, Riot came out, and that's a fun that rocks, album. Yeah. yeah, but like at the same time, like uh, I guess I was in college for that, and like they played our school and whatever. But Whoa. like, which was cool. I got gym class heroes. You got the winning end of that got, fueled by ramen I stick. Also got gym class heroes. Dude, wow. Uh, Poor us. <laughs> um, Not trying to diss gym class heroes fans. You guys do your thing. Yeah. <laughs> Travis McCoy still doing his thing. Yeah. And like, I mean, I think that there's like a level of like who you're seeing perform that like, <laughs> I mean, sometimes you get bands that are on an off night. And like when I saw gym class, it was just kind Probably of on an off night. night. Yeah. But also like. It's a very college appropriate show, I guess. Yeah. And like, I don't know. And I'm not, I won't name the band, but like there, I did, there was a band that came to our school to play. That like, you could tell that they were bummed that they were out of college, <laughs> and also that it didn't sell out. Like mm. it was like this weird vibe, yeah. and I was like, "Don't." And so like, Jim Class Heroes played, and that was fun. But it was also yeah. just like they were like leaning into uh, what they could achieve out of college. I guess <laughs> you want to know something funny? Um, 
I just found out like about a month ago, Jeff Rosenstock played my college this past oh, yeah. year, this summer, this spring or whatever. Yeah, I'm, I'm friends with the, one of my, um, I guess one of the fellow alumni of the school and he hit me up on Facebook and he was like, did you know Jeff Rosenstock played our college this year? And I was like, shut <laughs> up. I was like, that's cool. And that I like cool. reached out to Jeff and I was just like, you played my college. I went there. And he's like, okay. <laughs> but I, uh, it was fine. I saw Jeff in like 2006 or seven when he was still doing bomb the music industry mm -hmm. and he was playing CBGB. But like I went like there was a space that I didn't know about at CBGB that was like their, I don't know, second stage or whatever you want okay. to call it. So I went to see Jeff and walked into the show and it was like some like New York City hardcore band. Not that, Jeff. Yeah. Not <laughs> Jeff at all. And like I sat there and I was like, maybe he's next. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Oh no. And then the bartender was like, no man, they're playing next door. And I like went next door and the guy running the door like figured out what happened. He was like, Yeah, you can come in. It's their last song. I'm oh, like, that's so <laughs> Did uh, you go to the final shows when they played when Bomb played their final shows? No, because no. I think I was living uh, uh I think I was living away when that happened. Yeah. But um uh Good thing he's got a successful career now. I know. <laughs> <laughs> good thing he can keep Good thing he, him. like, stuck around. Good thing he's got a summer headlining tour kicking. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, does, though. <laughs> he does, though. Okay, well, you can find that out on the internet. Go yep. do that. Uh, oh, yeah, back to Paramore. Yeah, so, but, like... So the song I picked is called Fake Happy. Which is probably also currently my favorite song in that album. Because, so like... Uh, Kills me. Because it like the whole album has like I don't know it like surprised me because I heard that first single yep and was like oh cool they're gonna go this disco route <laughs> yeah which and apparently I didn't I went back and listened to the self title record you can hear through the self title like the moments where you're like oh this is gonna go full on 80s pop at some point like they're going yeah. I yeah. had never listened I didn't really like the singles from that record so I didn't really bite on that one so going back and listening to it I can hear where they got how they got from brand new eyes to this record yeah very it's seamless you know like sure but when I hadn't before when I first heard hard times I was jarred by it I was like I what no like I was thrown off by it and it was quirky but it was just weird for me because i didn't know it was kind of developing you know yeah yeah but going back it's like okay i can handle that song now because i understand where that yeah. whole record came from yeah but. and fake happy like but fake happy does not sound like that it me. doesn't sound like it I, I would say it has like a similar intensity mm -hmm. uh and then i listened to the lyrics and was like whoa, whoa. <laughs> oh okay <laughs> yeah 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 that was like uh, I I definitely think that it's the kind of theme that everybody can relate to in a sense that like it's not a constant thing for me, but it's definitely something that there are days, you know, where you're just like, I'm just going to go out like and there's even nights where like I have to go to a show and I'm just not in the mood for it and I'm not yeah. in the mood to be social and you have to go put on the face and you have to go be the person that everybody's ex everyone's expecting to see. And I think that's where I kind of connected with her on that was like she's somebody in the public eye and she's got to always be a certain way and people yeah. expect her to be a certain way. And I was just kind of like, yeah, like sometimes that sucks. And I think that's something everybody can relate to in yeah. a way. And um, especially like when you're in that situation and you're kind of convinced that everybody else is in that same situation where yeah. it's like everybody's pretending like mm -hmm. this is what they want to be happening. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for, I'm sure I, I don't, like I said, I didn't, I don't read, I didn't read any of the like 
interviews. I didn't read much about, like, and I don't even know if Haley has talked about these songs in depth yet, but, like, to me, it feels like she's talking about the music industry. You know, she's talking about people she encounters in this yeah. in this business and in her career. And in that sense, I think she's spot on. Because <laughs> you're right. I think it's sometimes it's, like, you can't really, it's hard to find genuine people, and it's hard to, you know, be in a, like, go to a show or go to an event and know that everyone's being genuine in 100%, and it's it's kind of disheartening sometimes, you know? Yeah, and... I mean, I guess some of that, like, uh, when you think of it from, like, the perspective of a band having one sound and then something that feels drastically different at first, you know, like, I mean, I was that kid in high school, like, a band put out a second record and it's like, you know, it changes, like, it's a different sound and sometimes, you know, sometimes it's just not a good record, (laughs) but, like... A lot of times. But, like, there's also this level of, like when a band does something different people are like hey how come you're not doing that one thing that i i expected yeah that i like and i deserve that yeah and like listening to this record like yeah there is some level of like oh yeah you could hear that it was coming yeah but they uh, go full in though this is the record where i think they just like dive head in on yeah. This style and this sound. Whereas the last one, you could just hear it in little moments. You yeah. know, this is like no hold, no holding back. And it feels for it. and it feels very thoughtful because like it yeah. could have very easily been overproduced yep. and over like yep like over discoed or dance music or whatever. Yeah. And like it like this record is just what it is, and it's like yeah, kind of. It just feels genuine. Everything yeah, about it, yeah. it, it doesn't feel forced. It, fe- it doesn't feel like they went to certain records of yesteryear and said i want to sound just like this or i want it to be just like that it sounds like a pair or more record but like pop and upbeat and yeah and fun at times you know despite what she's talking about it's fun to listen to like, yeah and like even because like yeah fake happy like resonated with me a lot because like you know like you were saying like standing around pretending that like tonight i'm not tired yeah or whatever like uh I feel like that also comes out in the music because they're just kind of like, this is the thing we want to do. And I don't care if anybody else likes it. Like, let's just, yeah. and I'm sure they care if other people like it, but you know, sure, it's like, yeah. but like it's, if we're going to do this, let's just go for it. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I think they did. And I think they did a great job. And I also think that this song is like that last like minute of the song where it just like builds and builds and builds. And it's this big anthemic moment towards the end. And like, that to me is like that's what I'm listening to music for man like that's what I'm waiting for every time I listen to a new record from anyone whether it's a band I've followed for years or just some new band somebody recommended to me I'm looking for the moment that I hear at the very end of that song where like it builds and it just takes you with it emotionally and then it just kind of bursts at the top and you're just like fuck yes like this is my shit like this is why I'm I'm honestly I can connect the dots between Paramore to why I'm working inside of Dummy you know like honestly it's like not in a direct way, you sure, know, sure. but it was more just, it's more just like, that's why I do what I'm doing. I'm searching cool. for that moment everywhere, you yeah. know? And if it, I can find it, I want to tell people about it, you know? Yeah. That's why I'm talking about it now. <laughs> yeah, no, that's really cool. Uh, yeah, let's talk about you getting to side one. Sure. Like, uh, so, like, yeah, like, anthemic moments in music is, like, cool, and that's a thing I enjoy, too, but, like, uh, uh I guess what kind of started you on your path to like 
obs- I mean, I assume obsessing over music or yeah. like starting that exploration mm-hmm. for that moment. Um, I think there was a, probably a couple of like key mo- points on my timeline that would direct me to where I'm at now. And it, you know, the very beginning was, you know, I liked music. I was into like, I was really into corn and like Limp Bizkit. And I was super into that kind of stuff. And then my sister was into like her, I think the, I can't remember, I'd have to ask her, but the first real, you know, she'd drive me to high school and then uh, during the day and she would listen to New Found Glory. I want to say it was Sticks and Stones. And I remember hating it. And I remember just being like, it was, it was a hatred of like, I didn't hate the music. I hated it because my sister loved it. And I was like, yeah. it was this like, <laughs> you love this thing. And I, in my head, I was probably like, this is kind of cool. Like, I definitely like it, but I can't act like I like it. We were coming off of like our preteens being, I'm a Backstreet Boys fan. She's an NSYNC fan. Like we were yeah. just constantly like, I had to like the opposite thing as her. And so in this moment, I'm like, wait a minute, like she's onto something. And then she started playing something corporate. And I'm like, oh no, I like this too. <laughs> and then it's like, I think I just, at some point I threw in the towel and I was like, I love this stuff. And yeah, I yeah. found yellow card and threw all of that, you know, the format. I remember one of my all time favorite shows was with my sister and it was seeing uh, yellow card, the format and something corporate. I think that was the tour, Whoa, yeah. but it was just like, I kind of embraced it and just jumped all in. And at the same time, I, I you know, I was going to the warp tour. I listened yeah. to Theramore, I listened to Fall Out Boy. I like, love taking back sunday brand new and it was really all kind of came from that world opened up warp tour really helped a lot in terms of like mm-hmm. me finding other bands to listen to i also like found against me through warp tour and anti-flag and like yeah, things that cool. were skewed a little bit away from the pop punk stuff and all of that kind of compiled into like towards the end of high school i was going to shows all the time as many as you know sometimes it was my sister other times i just would go with friends and like I would literally go up to a band and just at the end of a show and just talk to them. I didn't even care. I just would want to be closer. And yeah, it wasn't yeah. a, it wasn't like a nothing wrong with fan being like kind of fangirling about a band. But for me, it was more just like I wanted to be in the world, you know, like I just want to be a part of their world. I didn't I liked being a fan, but I wanted to be a fan that had purpose for them, you know, and I yeah. I would, you know, oh, hand out these flyers then or like, oh, can you just like want to help us with merch at our next show or like, yeah. do you want to go stand there and hang out with our merch guy and just make sure that everything's cool and like monitor yeah. and, you know, like see what's happening. And like, I just did all I start the closer I would get to bands. It was like that feeling just amplified. And I was like, whoa, whoa, this is sick. Like yeah. I could work yeah. with bands that I like. Um And so I went to college and at that point I was still in my head thinking like, I need to get to this point where I can work with bands. Somebody's got to be behind the scenes of these things. Like I was seeing bands at like pretty big venues. So I was like, somebody's got to be putting this together. Like, I don't know what kind of jobs existed. At that point, the music business wasn't really something I, I was aware of in a more literal sense. So I was just like thinking there had to be something. I majored in communications and about like six months into the year is when I found out my school offered like a what's their equivalent to a music business program. It was called performing arts management. And it was a part of the like, um, the school had a music conservatory as a part of the college. And it, the conservatory is what had that program. And I think what they had originally intended it to be like was to be, you know, here's the conservatory where we have jazz musicians and opera singers and all these people. We want to also teach them how to manage their careers. But then it became like over time, like opened up to being more like, this is a thing people want to learn about. This is like an industry. So like I moved into that program right at the end of my freshman year of college. And it was really hard to get in. I had to have a certain GPA and I didn't have a high enough GPA. 
and I wrote an essay about yellow card. Nice. <laughs> and that helped my me get in with the dean of the program. And once I was in, it was just like my whole life I had such a hard time at school. Like uh-huh. I did really good in English classes yeah. and everything else. It was hard. And I was interested in some of the things. I was I liked science. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was I just had a hard time testing. I had a hard time just in general, like retention and stuff like that was hard for me and so all of a sudden i'm in these classes and it was like all a's (laughs) i was getting straight a's in college all of a sudden um there's something like it was just so natural it was like everything made it was almost like i didn't know anything about the music business but i'm sitting in a class called for-profit music business and i knew everything they asked without knowing anything it was just like second nature to me you know yeah that and I, i think especially coming from well i'm saying this as if I know everything about every type of growing up with a subgenre or whatever. But, like, I think in particular, like, growing up with, like, punk and pop punk and, like, going to tours or, like, meeting bands after, like, you do get a sense of, like, how hard they're working. Yeah. And, like, what that actually means. Um, and it's interesting, like, there's that phrase, that um, motto everybody uses where it's like well you know if you're doing a job you like it's not work at all yeah. or whatever and it's like but it's true which i have said before so but like it's like <laughs> yeah like if you love you what hear, you do you never work a day in your life but that's it's the kind the of thing goal. you hear yeah. in school and then they're also like but here's corporate life right but also get a job <laughs> right like, yeah like but also be successful and make all this money and stuff and for me it was like once i got in that program it was an okay program it was, i'm not gonna name it because i don't sure. you know sure, i'm not sure, gonna sure. Actually, I don't care. It was a fine program, um, but it was more just like I think what that program offered me more than just the, like learning in classes aspect. It was the my my whole career. I can take back to this girl who this girl Erica Gomez. She interned at Capitol Records, and she came to me in class one day. And she said, "You should try to get your internship there. I'll help you out." Yeah. And she put me in touch and she got me an interview and that was the beginning, you know, and that's really where it started for me. And up until then, it was like, I didn't know what department I needed to do an internship in. I didn't know what field I was going to go into. I had no idea what I was going to do at the end of all of this. I just knew I liked it. it. And yeah, and that, that internship, I landed in the publicity department and that's like literally where it all started. And it was like, I owe that, that program was great in the sense that, it empowered me to go and try something like that. I remember yeah. sitting in a coffee shop in Manhattan an hour before my interview with my now husband, sitting there with him and my best friend, and I remember ask, they were quizzing me about the music business. And I, was, <laughs> I don't know why I thought that that was going to be important. Like, yeah. what label is Mariah Carey on? Ah! Like, I, you know, like, he was quizzing me things that I was like, and I would, like, panic So I'm like, I don't know that one. Like, and it was, like, so, it's so it's such a funny thing to look back on now and just, like, it's humbling to think about, like, but that's kind of the that was the moment that kind of started it for me was yeah me doing that program meeting that right person getting that internship and then from there my everything just happens so naturally yeah um, and that it does sound like it, uh, from the way that you're describing it like I make it I think I make it sound a little too easy because well right I mean <laughs> like, like, but that's how everybody remembers anything yeah. that happens to them like let me remember only the good parts yeah I think you know <laughs> and I've talked to I've talked to students before I've talked to younger people who want to work in music and like it really like it my my trajectory I will it it was 
I was blessed, you know, like I yeah, had one yeah. opportunity after another, just doors open for me. And I'm not saying that to sound cocky. I'm saying that to say I worked my ass off to get those doors to open. Right. Yeah. And like, like, yeah. That's and that's was, important for yeah. people to know. And uh, I mean, at least to me, like the cool thing about it sounds like, like when you're going up to bands and just like wanting to hang out and like also I'm sure you're also doing what I was doing, which was seeing a band and then going home and going everybody needs to like this because yes. this is incredible yes. mm-hmm. uh and yeah and like yeah of course it's hard work like yeah. and like it's hard work but like i think i mean i testing was hard for me in school too like yeah. it, and i think that's it happens to a lot of people and it's just uh not something people talk about yeah because it is get a job get a job get a job get a job Uh, I was more like make a job, you know, like for me, it was like, I knew I had a hard time in school. I still hadn't found my thing that I was like, oh, cool. I'm going to be a doctor. Oh, cool. I'm going to do this. I didn't have a path that I could see clearly. And so at that point I was like, well, there's only this one thing I really like doing. And I don't know if it's a job, but I'm going to bust my ass until I make it one, you know? And I think that's, that's what people have to do now is like, if you want this, if your intentions are in the right place, if you work hard enough and you mean well, it it'll happen. And if it doesn't happen, one of those things is not ha- is not right. You yeah. know? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like, if you work hard but you're a dick, like, yep, yep. <laughs> and some of those people are gonna get through, and that's just the world we live in. Yeah, there's plenty of people. There's, I know so many. I can name ten right off my head. <laughs> there's so many people who have gotten through on any kind of accord, whether they're an asshole and they just knew the right person or their mom helped them or, you know, there's all kinds of people who yeah. sneak through. But for the most part, if you care about this, if this is, if music is your thing and you, you not so much want to be in a band, but you want to work in music and you want that life, like you can get it, but you have, you have to be like more than anything. You, you've got to have a thick skin and you've got to work your ass off because yeah. it's so easy that there's for every one person, there's thousands of others just like them you know yeah. and with the same skills and the same degree and all that stuff it's like you have to separate yourself somehow um and i think that was for me the whole time i knew i was like okay well i don't have you know a great my my i don't know what the word would be but like i didn't do great in school i'm not good at math i'm not good at science like i'm not good at these things i don't have these skills to fall back on yeah all i've got is my vo- like i'm loud as hell you know <laughs> uh, that's all and even when i was like, younger my parents could probably attest to it but like that's all i had so i was like i care about these this music and i love going to shows and being around bands and i'm loud as hell i'm just gonna go out and try to make this a, make this my thing i had no backup plan you know yeah um and I think that's probably part of why it worked. <laughs> like I didn't yeah, have, I, mean, I didn't like, give there's, myself there's another option. about not having a backup yeah. plan. That's like, and it wasn't intentional. It was literally like, well, this is where we're at right now. If this music thing doesn't work out, I really don't know what I. If I this didn't work out for me, I don't know what I would be doing. Mm-hmm. And in the future, if for something goes wrong and it's not my career anymore, I don't know what I'm going to do because it's just like I don't have. Yeah, I never have had a backup plan. I've always been. I'm, if it doesn't exist in career form, I won't make it a career. I'll find a way to make it yeah. my life, you know? And, and I think I've done okay. I'm about to turn 30. Cool. <laughs> so I've, I've managed <laughs> well, to pull it off. Birthday. Thank you. I've managed to pull it off for like almost 10 years. So. <laughs> but um, Yeah, so you said like, you know, obviously you deeply care about music and like the bands and you just want to be a part of it. But like, what 
what what's the motivating fact other than like wanting it to be a career like that's obviously a great <laughs> motivator yeah. but like is there something about like what's the thing about music that like does it for you do you know what i mean like yeah. that thing i don't know if, i think it's difficult to say i don't know i feel like being kind of like always being like a like an underdog sort of in in like whether it's just like in your family or in school or anything like that kind of thing that we can all relate to one another on now that we're adults and we can comfortably talk about it yeah you know i think there's something about this particular type of music that spoke to that speaks to that person you know like i think everything from a paramore to you know a brand new and follow boy and things like that back when i was younger to a jeff rosenstock or pub or yeah. Allison Weiss, like now they all speak to that same person. And I think for me, it's like with music in general, like if a, a song could be great, it, music is music. Sure, sure, sure. But if you don't make me, whether it's through the instrumentation and the actual music or the lyrics, if you don't make me feel something, whether it's sad, happy, angry, if I don't leave that record feeling like some emotion, it's nothing to me. It doesn't empower me. It doesn't make yeah. me want to do anything. So for me, it's like I think this scene in particular – that's, you know, the fact that it can kind of empower an underdog. No matter how old I am, no matter how successful I am, I will always be an underdog, you know? Yeah, I'm always yeah. going to be the one that's like, I'm never quite cool enough, you know? And it's, tr it's true today, as true as it was when I was in high school. It's like, yeah. I'm never quite there. And I think this music, for me, the reason why I'm gravi I gravitate towards it, even as an adult, is because it still speaks to that person in me. And I think that there's no, I don't think there's going to be an age where it doesn't. Like, I don't see myself in the day it happened. I've always said, like, the day I listen to these thing, these bands and I don't feel that same feeling, yeah. I'll stop, dude. I'm not going to keep working in the music industry if I don't give a shit. You know, if yeah, I don't care yeah, about yeah. the music, I'm not going to do that because that's the problem. <laughs> like, there's too many people out here working in music that don't care about the music, that don't like going to shows, that want to be in bed by 7 p.m. Like, that's fine. I love being in bed by 7 p.m. <laughs> that is an underrated bedtime that more people should adhere to. It's a great bedtime. You heard it here first. <laughs> it's a great uh, bedtime. But you know what I mean? Like, right. Well, I mean, I did stop. see uh, who were, uh, Early Riser. Love the, Early Riser. Yeah, they were tweeting the other night like uh, that they had a show. I think it was like starting at 7. They were like, it's going to be done by this time. We're advocating for earlier show starts. And I was like, yes. God bless. It's a Tuesday night show. <laughs> that should be over by nine, honestly. Yeah. I don't want to wait. I would go to so, so many, many shows. shows yep, if same. I could same. get out at that time. If I could cruise from work to a show and then home, be in bed by like 10 p.m. Yeah. God bless you. For, <laughs> you know, like more bands should definitely do that. I'm all about hanging and if the show if the band doesn't go on till one i will be there until two you know like that's yeah, fine yeah but like my god when there's an early show i'm so happy yeah like <laughs> you so just to go back on the thing you just said sure. about like uh about kind of the music being maybe timeless isn't the right way to describe that but like sure it still feels right it's definitely not timeless because i've gone back and listened to things that i liked in high school and been like oh no like, yeah. <laughs> like there's some things that do not stand the test of time well but a mean, lot does yeah i mean like i think <laughs> there's probably a level of like uh like i listened to corn in high school because of like those it, records hold up those yeah they, they do they do <laughs> right but like i think that there's uh like a level of like just getting the aggression from them yeah and, like, that was an introduction to that for me. Yeah. Um, but then, like, 
Oh yeah, like there's certain records that I can't remember. Oh, like screamo. I had a huge screamo phase, oh, and too. I like loved Under Oath, like heavily, heavily loved Under Oath, yeah. and like all their surrounding kind of peer band. Yeah, and like I go back and listen to it now, and I'm like, you know what? Like I'm not gonna hate on it because I it served a purpose in my life, but as where I'm at now, I've got no connection to it anymore. You oh, know? sure, and those sure, records sure, sure. are awesome. Like they're, I still will. I mean, Emo Knight has made an entire career out of those types of songs, you know, yeah. like people love hearing them and like singing along to them. That's yeah. fine. But for me, it was like, ooh, um, well, my yeah, face I mean, like, can I just, stay. Yeah, I went back to early thrice recently and like, okay, still, still Artists good. Artist in the Ambulance could stand, stand probably. It does. Yeah, that that's one a good record. I'm talking like before that. Okay. Uh, probably not good. <laughs> yeah. But like, uh, yeah, Artists in the Ambulance, hell yeah, that record holds up. And then they went and, like, they grew into their own thing. And, right. Like, uh, they're still doing so yeah, great. Yeah, <laughs> and their shows are always so yeah. different They've and created so wonderful. such an amazing community that follows them. And that's another thing, I think, to point out about all of these bands that we're talking about is, like, I what I am also gravitated towards from, the, from when I was younger and didn't really have awareness of it till now is, like, bands that kind of foster a community within their yep. fan bases yep. and like create followings, but like are loyal and respectful of their fans. And like, Absolutely. Oh my God. Like that to me is like all the bands I listen to, like if you don't have that, like, and it's not so much of like, I'm looking for new bands to sign. Do you have a fan base? It's more just like, do you treat your fans well? Like, are they, yeah, it's are like, they there are to ride for you? Person. Yeah. Yeah. Are you yeah. a good enough person that somebody wants to dedicate time and money to? Because then it's like, and do you continuously care for them and make sure they understand, like, you're safe with us, like, we love yeah, you, yep. you know, like, do you constantly, and, like, that's something we've kind of tried to bring to Side One, was, like, we have fans of Side One, you know, people who will listen to anything we tell them to. Yeah. That's amazing. I yeah. want to make sure they always feel like they're an equal part of what we're doing, you yeah, know? Yeah, because, um... And I'm not just saying this because I'm here. <laughs> he's just saying it because he's here. But, I mean, everybody listening knows that we are huge Side One fans. And, like, Pup is, like, one of our favorite bands of all time. Just because, like, we went... Uh, I hadn't seen Pup before, but they were playing St. Vitus in Brooklyn. Jesus. And... I dismantled it. Oh, my God! <laughs> like... Like, sorry, St. Vitus. Like, <laughs> R.I.P. I mean, like... I'm 30 and like I'm getting these like fears of like I don't know how much longer I can be going to <laughs> mosh pits and like well and in a room like that a pub show the entire thing is a mosh pit like there's yeah, no well, space exactly. for and like, freedom you know but like I'm in the crowd and Jeff's next to me and like <laughs> cool Jeff gets up on stage and plays a song like they're hanging literally hanging from the rafters yeah. and like it's like it's one of the most brutal shows I've ever been to, and like I hurt for like the week after. But like <laughs> in like in the uh, cab ride home that night, uh, I was with Evan, and we were just like kind of like that drunk nostalgic feeling of like like these guys like definitely grew up to with everything we listened to. Yep. And, and they like, did. I mean, honestly, I don't yeah, know how old yeah. you are, but like they probably did. No, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and but like it's it's apparent. Yeah. And it's cool. And like yes, I hurt for days afterwards. But like, I think that's like the interesting thing about uh, like the punk community or like the the good yeah <laughs> punk communities or bands that are cool. It's like 
everybody's there to have fun. If anybody had fallen, like you're getting yeah. back up. Yeah. And I think um, maybe that's what it is about this kind of music where it's just like, yeah, you feel a thing in more ways than one when you're screaming, you're being thrashed around. Um, and but it's comforting. Sec- yeah, yeah. And it's comforting. It's a good kind of hurt when you leave a show like that. Like, yeah, you hurt for a week, but it was like, if it doesn't, yeah, there's something to it. I don't know how to explain it either. And it's, I think, like, something at least here, what we look for. And when we're, Pup was really one of the, probably the beginning of this, like, new era of Sidewine. Yeah. Um, we had signed Restorations right before, like, a, about a year earlier. And then Pup was the next big one. And, like, Pup was one where, like, I loved talking about Pup because we saw them in a church basement in Highland Park here in L.A. to, like, 20 people and then we put the record out about three or four months later and or no the record came out right around then i think but regardless the record came out our pre-order was pretty bleak you know like it it was fine we Mm. had fans but like they were brand new in the u.s and like they were on their first tour of the u.s like it was just very early and to see them and now you know they're playing Lollapalooza this summer and to like see them yesterday they uh they opened for thursday at Northside festival and like just to continuously see crowds grow and see the the word of mouth of a band like that. Like they're just, they're amazing. And their trajectory has been amazing to watch because we literally watched them from basically having no American fans to being one of the most sought after, you know, the kind of the poster child for punk in 2017, you know, and like what makes it cool again. Um, But I think between them and like Jeff and everyone we've signed, like what we look for is that like, are you good people? Like, I think I was just speaking to somebody about this today, but like, I really think like there's a chance coming in the next, you know, five to 10 years where the old school of the music industry are going to age out. They're going to leave. And, and it's, there's a lot of people in kind of lined up to, you know, or poised to take over. And those people, you know, what we need to do and our generation has to do is be gatekeepers, you know? And I think that's a problem that, not just our punk community has, but overall in the music industry, there's no gatekeepers. Everybody's just trying to make cash. And it's yeah. like, at some point, can somebody care a little bit? Like, we wouldn't have all of these crazy, like, sexual assault cases or any of these crazy things that come out if we gave, we vetted this a little bit better. Like, let's make sure the band is good. Let's make sure that they're good people. Let's make sure that they're fostering, like, a really positive community and they're going to do some good in the world. Let's make sure things are cool before yeah. we let, you know... I'm I'm only gonna sign like one or two bands a year because I we side one spends like six months trying to figure it out you know like yeah. we take forever because we're like is this is first is it gonna fit with our community this mm-hmm. side one family that we've built these fans are they going to like it if we don't think that's the case we that's a big red flag you know like will it fit with our fans then it's like are they good people like can we ask around to their friends do we know do any of our bands know them have they played shows mm-hmm. with them are they dicks like what's the deal like that kind of stuff matters to us because it's like you know all the, you look at the roster now and you're like my god everybody's so great and it's like yeah they we vetted it pretty hard like yeah. we, we vet and when a new band signs here it's like that has probably gone through four to six months of listening to the music talking to the artist talking to the team doing research online, talking to fans, talking to bands, like constant research to make sure like this is going to check off all the things on our list, our proverbial list, yeah, you know? Yeah. And and I think that's important and I think it's stuff that you don't see that much. I don't think people think that way. I think no, absolutely people not. think about, ooh, kids are going to love this. I'm, <coughs> I'm going to put this record out. I don't give a shit what the guy's done. I don't care about, you know, like it's yeah, a very quick yeah. industry. And I think, and that's, you know. that's, yeah, that's not something that like, 
you know, I, at least for me, like, I think about it at shows, you know, like, yeah. are people being cool? Yeah. Like, is everybody good? Yeah. And, like, when there's, like, <laughs> when there's the dude in the crowd that's not being cool, like, you know, that sucks. But, but if like, the person on stage catches it and identifies it and, and takes responsibility, you know, yeah. then all of a sudden it's like, okay, I can get back to my place now. Like, you know what I mean? Like some bands don't care. Some bands right. are disrespectful. They'll brush things under the rug for years. Like that that happens all the time. And yeah, it's unfortunate. And it's, like it's, yeah, it's, it's alienating it's, too, I think. Yeah. And like, and I say it from the perspective of, it's just, you know, I don't work in the music industry. Like, it's not like that's a perspective that I've never thought of. Yeah. Just because like I'm lucky in that the bands I like all seem to be cool people. Yeah. So like that's that you probably unnaturally like subconsciously you're gravitating towards it. You know what I mean? Like you yeah. don't know it, but you sure. are gravitating towards a familiar kind of space where everyone is good. Yeah. And for the most part, you you're dealing with some pretty great people in terms of the bands you like because you're just naturally. That's kind of yeah. how I feel too. Like. Sometimes there's probably a couple bands where I've gotten like, I'll listen to it and I'll love it. And then I find out something or I hear a story about one of the members. I'm yep. like, damn it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they got me, you know? But for the most part, it's yeah. like, I think you're drawn naturally to. I mean, I've definitely done stuff. that and then yeah. gone back and listened to the song and be like, mm, it it's changes not that it. Good. It changes it for it you. Does. It totally. It, it could be a record you played constantly. And if you find out somebody in that band is not cool in any capacity, oh God, it's just, it sucks because you lose it. And it's like, really? Like, yeah. Can we have one nice thing? Like, can you just be cool? Like, yeah. I don't know. I mean, not to equate the two, but like, there there is a level of like, you know, that music you listened to in high school that served its purpose. Yeah. And like, I'm sure some like the screamo, like thrash or hardcore, like were shitty people. Oh God, I don't even. I literally, I'm on the record. <laughs> I never want to know what any of those bands have done because it will <laughs> kill me. I can never find out anything that I listened to per, before like 2005. I don't want to know anything about. It. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear about any of it because it'll kill it. It's terrible. I'm sure it's awful. Yeah, and like uh, we've had this discussion before, but like I, especially in like the punk realm of music like the conversations that do come up more often than not are great and um you know i just it's you know for me as like a straight white dude it's nice that there's a lot more stuff especially because of the internet mm -hmm. like popping up that it's like okay that is not for me but that is for this community and that's rad as hell because, like, when, uh, what was their name? Um, oh, my God. I'm blanking. But there's, like, that Hers Collective. Mm -hmm. uh, or Gloss. That's the other Gloss. band I was talking yeah, about, okay. thinking about. Like, it's, and it's not for me in that, like, the lyrics aren't, aren't for me. Mm -hmm. But, like, it's good to see that the community is, like, sort of picking those, like, picking bands like that up mm -hmm. and saying, here is what we need to be talking yeah. about. And um, like, I don't even know if I have a question on this. Like, it's just, yeah. really, it's like really good. It's, it's nice really, to see. Yeah. It's nice to see, but see. it's also really like heartwarming to me to hear yeah. that. Like this, like it's also happening at like the label level and yeah. not just like, cause Bandcamp's great. Mm -hmm. And that's a really good way to get music out there. But um, 
yeah, it's not a question. I just want to say, yeah, I think that's I think really you're, fucking yeah, I, cool. I feel like you're circling around just like the concept of representation, you know? And like, yeah, yeah. It's to and me, it, it's like representation is something I think about all the time, but I think about it, I think a little differently than a lot of the, a lot of the more common theories are for me it's not i don't sit here with a checklist you know like nobody's here here sitting here with like a list of like are they politically motivated are they you know like nobody's looking at that stuff no one cares what color race orientation anything we literally don't care i don't pay attention to it because to me it's more like is the band good are the people good is the message good right you know right and if if we have other factors coming in in terms of your race or your sexual orientation, great. I'm happy to boost that up and share it with the world. But for the most part, I'm just like, the qualifiers are good band, good music, good people, good message. Like that's so, if you have that, like then it's like you are, representation will come naturally because you're going to naturally find people from all walks right. of life, you know, that, you know, I, I think that's why I love Paramore. You know, I, I would say that there's a, an element of representation to my love of that band and of Haley is that, when I saw Paramore on the Warp Tour, that was the one artist I saw that entire summer on Warp Tour that had a female in it. Yeah. And to me, it was like, whoa. And like, she wasn't, she wasn't cute. You know what I mean? Like, she's cute, but she wasn't like prettied up and she wasn't wearing like all this makeup and like fancy clothes. Like, she wasn't like a pop star. You know what yeah. I mean? She looked like she was wearing jeans and a t-shirt. And I was just like, and she was just running all over the stage with all this energy. And I was just like, she's cool. Like, cause she was not what I, she wasn't the girly girl that I was told all the way up until that point I had to get to, you know? Yeah. And I think that that was me for the first time seeing like myself in this scene a little bit was like, oh, I can just do me. I can just be me and go with all my passion and energy and just go out there and talk about whatever I want Mm -hmm. and and scream it to the world. And I think, you know, that's part of why I'm still into Paramore's because I think back then I saw myself in her. And now to have, you know, bands I love like that kind of fall in the same spectrum of gloss like downtown boys is great I don't know if you've listened to downtown they're from Providence which I'm from Rhode Island so there was part of me that was when I found out about the band I was like whoa I was like they're from Rhode Island that's so rare um but it was like there's bands like that that like and and, you know warriors too but Mm -hmm. like bands that you know are getting the attention that they you know a good band deserves but they're also good people with good messages and they're just their platforms are being raised and it makes me so happy to know that like you know there could be kids all over this world who hear that and all they need to hear is, you know, they click on the one NPR link and they listen to the downtown boys track. And all yeah. of a sudden it's like, they feel empowered or like Alison Weiss's fans is another great example where like, she's able to, you know, today's actually the one year anniversary of the pulse shooting in Orlando yeah. and Allison played Orlando the next night. And you know, it's, it's, amazing because she literally went on that stage that night and she was the support act for a bigger artist and she went on stage and like that was like an incredibly important moment for her career because she was able to identify like okay like i am she she served a purpose that night for those fans Mm -hmm. you know and like Mm -hmm. if she didn't have that platform if if people weren't behind her like boosting her up and saying like she's got an amazing message to share the world and she's important for people to see that night and those people in that room who were in that city, you know, like those fans, like they, who knows what would have happened to them after an event like that, you know? And like, I think about stuff like that too, is like, am I boosting the right kind of people? Like, are we boosting up? Like, we have this artist and label called Nako and Medicine for the People and him and the band sort of fall a little outside of the punk spectrum. They're more like um, indie folk, like kind of reggae tendencies a little bit but nako is like um he's an activist and he's a native american activist he's an environmentalist and like 
he does a lot of work and like you know a lot of his almost in his his entire platform is activism you know like that's really who he is he you know but like what I guess I'm getting at is just like I want to make sure we're like raising people up like that but we're mm -hmm. not looking specifically like are you politically active great come decide one sure, it's more sure, just sure. like that's the same thing good people good message and it's like whether or not we as a label are you know we're not here to have opinions we're not here to you know agree with any one person's take or another we are totally open right but we're here to find people like that for like a knock or an allison weiss or a jeff rosenstock who stand for something yeah and we're here to just like help them get to more people and i think i don't either i don't have anything further you know like that's just kind of a thought i have but like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it is in the same art like we're talking about representation like that's really like we do pay attention to it for sure and i do too it's yeah. just not as it's not as black and white i think as maybe people want it to be or think it should be but i think it's fine i don't know yeah no i mean i agree i think i've been interested in i've been interested in seeking out yeah stuff like that stuff like that meaningful like it's really it doesn't matter what orientation somebody is or anything it's more just like are you doing something meaningful with your platform yeah like, and like it's i've been lucky in that i've stumbled upon a lot of this yeah and like in it's almost like an education through lyrics that aren't for you for me yeah um because going back to what you said about like music giving you a feeling mm -hmm. some of that like it, it gives me feelings because it's yeah. an instrumentation it plays with your heart yep and you know it could be a you know like it could be a song about somebody breaking up with their boyfriend right and or just whatever like uh and it does feel like an education to me mm -hmm. um uh and i do think like yeah it's gonna come up naturally like you said if yeah. like they're good people like good people doing good things cool yeah like that's awesome more of that please more of that <laughs> yeah uh but i wonder if maybe you feel this way but uh in doing that uh the vetting in the good people good music yeah do you think that it's also a level of like protecting this community that you enjoy like, sure yeah i think so i think i, I mean i'm just a fan <laughs> i'm yeah. just a fan who got who weaseled my way into the industry <laughs> um but i think yeah at the end of the day i'm really i i'm i'm here for the fans of this stuff because i am one mm -hmm. and i think if i can be have a tiny tiny hand in making sure good people get out ahead of bad people <laughs> then yeah i'm definitely thinking of it you know it's, it's something I'm, I'm really conscious of because yeah, we're a small independent record label, you know, yeah. but we've got thousands and thousands of fans all over the world. And I, when I hear from them, when I meet them, when I talk to them, it's like, they're me. Like, we literally just had people in here the other day who are on our street team and they came from Texas. And like, I talked to them for almost an hour, just about like life, dumb shit, like talked about the office. Like, we just talked yeah. about cool stuff that we like, because it's like, we're the same people. We yeah. all are like, you guys are fans of what we do. I am too. And so for me, it's like when we make those decisions, when we're vetting bands and stuff, I'm thinking of them. I'm thinking of my, my people, mm -hmm. you know? Cause yeah. it's like, okay, do I find anything problematic with this? Is there, is this band or artist going to resonate with me? I think of that because I'm thinking of them. Like I'm one of them. So it's like, are my fans, is this community going to embrace them the same way I am? And if I don't, if I have any questions or doubts about something, I won't, I'll voice my concern, you know? Yeah. And we're a super small team and everybody has a say. And we literally sit at one table and we all talk about bands before we sign them. We talk about them to death, you know? Like we literally <laughs> talk about every possible thing you can think of when it comes to a band before we decide, hey, let's reach out, you know? Uh -huh. And um, 
I, if I think there's something there that our fans are not going to react to, whether that's a band we're signing, a marketing idea, like anything, it's, it, I always think of them, you know, because yeah. I, and I think it's just because I am one of them. Yeah. If I wasn't working here, but all this stuff was still happening without me, and I was just a fan, I would love Side One. Side One would be my favorite label because yeah. I would just feel like I literally love. I like it's silly, but I really love everything we put out. I like. Yeah, but I don't. Yeah, I don't think that's silly though. Yeah, like, that, that goes. Back. I, I kind of wish everybody. <laughs> I wish every record label you had the requirement of like. Granted, every label works in different ways. Most sure. of them have an A&R person, which is one person designated to signing artists, and yeah. everyone else just works on them. And in those situations, yeah, probably not going to love everything you, you work on because you yeah. don't have a say in it. Yeah. But here, it's like we all get a say. So it's like we all better love it. Like, <laughs> we all better be super excited about this stuff because it's like there's only a couple of us here. And yeah. so it's like – and we all get and, a say. So if you don't like something, yeah. you know, you have your chance to say it. And but. like you said, like it's fostering community. It's Yeah. It helps – like it's so, it's sometimes I'm like oh my god the word community is like I love it but I also hate it because it's mis overused I guess but yeah. it's it's the only way I can really just I, I, I could call it a family too you know because that's really what it feels I like, like. That. I literally when I meet fans and like people that like just follow me on the internet or follow side one online and yeah. they meet us in person are like you guys work there like we ended up you know there's I'm going to shout out this guy Tommy that we met at Wrecking Ball last summer he works for that website the alternative yeah Tommy literally just tweeted that morning and said he wanted to, were we going to be at the festival? He wanted to meet us. And I was like, yeah, come to our booth. We're right by this stage, whatever. And he came and we must've talked to him for like 40 minutes. Like we love, and today, like Tommy's one of the best people. And I will, I talk to him all the time. He lives in Virginia, but we talk online all the time. And every time I'm thinking of signing a new band, he's one of the few people that gets, gets, I'll hit him up and be like, what do you, have you heard anything about this band? Like, what do you think? Mm -hmm. Like, do you think they'd fit? Because he's a fan first and a friend and he's a friend too, but he's a fan. So it's the same process of like, I vet by like going to fans that I trust and saying like, Hey, I'm going to tell you something, you know, we're looking at signing this artist. Like, what do you think? Yeah. You know, and do you think it fits? Do you think it's going to work here? And like, but I've met so many people like that. I could name so many of them because yeah, I've yeah, got yeah. all these amazing well, people. Like even, uh, even like this conversation today, like, I, like I'm not surprised that this mm-hmm. is happening. Yeah. Like, because I reached out, I sent an email. I was like, "Hey, I'm just gonna be around. Like, if anybody wants to chat." And like, I've been fucking so excited about <laughs> this. And like, Aww. like, cool. Like, yeah, we have a microphone in front of us. We and do. Like, that. We're, act- we're acting a little cooler probably yeah. than, than we are. <laughs> I am so lame when a microphone is off. Uh, <laughs> Same. But like, like I sent the email and like, uh, there's still part of me that's just like, you know, certain people that I reach out to about doing this show. It's like, you know, you get a little nervous on certain sure. things. And like, turns out if you just ask, things happen. <laughs> um but like I've made my entire career on that, by the way. Just yeah. ask, and something might happen. Like, what's the worst that someone's gonna the say? No, that, yeah, and, and or ignore then, you. Like, yeah, who cares? Because if they say no, world's not gonna end. Yeah, it's amazing how many awesome things will happen if you just speak up. You know, and and it's scary. It's so scary. Like, I I feel like I I was like for every nineteen no's I get, I'll get one yes. Yeah, and as long as I'm still getting that yes, I'm gonna keep going. And I'm going to keep asking questions and I'm going to keep speaking up because I'll live for that one moment of like somebody being like, yes, I'll take a chance on this. Or like, and that's usually the moments where something changes, whether it's for our bands or my career or anything. It's like, yeah. when I just 
step outside my comfort zone a little bit. And the internet helps, obviously. Oh, obviously. The internet makes it so much easier to just like speak up and like be comfortable. And I think I'm so grateful that I grew up with it as like half half of my my kind of like growing up phase. I didn't really have, you know, I had internet, but it was the classic dial up, you know, I'd be on it until 10 p.m. at night and then get kicked off because my dad thought the keyboard was too loud, you know, like stuff like that. (laughs) And like, or I would, he would be like, go to bed and I wouldn't, but I would type slower, you know, like, so it wasn't so click, 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 click. I would type way slower so he didn't hear it. Um, But then half, you know, later, obviously, internet became in my pocket and now it's like my whole career is like, I get to like kind of have everything in my hands. Um, But I love that I've had that experience because it, I was shy and it helped me like between the internet and also having an amazing partner that has kind of helped me get out of my shell. I've been able to like have that courage and just ask for stuff and speak up. And like people are one thing too, people always want to talk about themselves. So if you want to work, <laughs> if you want to do something, if you are like, Oh, I want to work in this label. Or I want to work in the music industry. I want to be in, I want to tour with this band. I want to do this. Ask them about themselves. Have somebody yeah. talk about themselves. Yeah. People love that shit. Yeah. Well, like also like, uh, people are people, right? Yeah. Like, cause like there, I was just having this conversation yesterday where, uh, you know, we were, went, saw a comedy show and like hanging out with some comedians and like you, and it happens with bands too, but this is just the more recent story where like you get the people coming up and it's like, uh, you know, I love what you do. And like, that's awesome. And I love that. And I do that. I do that all the time. Um, but, and it sounds like we've had the same sort of experience where it's like, yeah, I, I mean, if I met the guys in pop, of course I'd be like, hell yeah, like I love yeah. the music and whatever, but like, there's that next threshold of conversation where it's like, cool, like you're, and you're people and what yeah. are your thoughts on this thing? Yeah. And, uh, again, not to like say, don't tell people you love their work. That's always awesome. Yeah. But like you get, I at least get more valuable conversations from like asking a deep question to that person about Mm -hmm. whatever yeah be it their guitar or how their day is going or like whatever yeah i think i think that's totally true i i will say i advocate heavily for complimenting people like people if you dude compliment every compliment your friends dude like that's something i've noticed too is like your peers and like people you're around and stuff, if something cool happens for them, sometimes it's hard to like kind of be like, Oh, I achieved this great thing. Please say nice things to me about it. It's like, that's pretty intimidating to do and put yourself out there like that. But if you notice like a friend of yours or it's an artist you love, or like they've done something that, you know, you can tell it's like a bigger deal to them. Like, Oh my God, please sing their praises. Like compliment your friends, compliment your art, the artist you love, tell them you love the record. But also, if you're a fan, then you know Steve from Pup is into sports. Like, bring up sports. Talk to them. Like, they're real people. Everybody's real. Like, from a band member to a music industry person, like, everybody has interests. Everybody's real people. Yeah. Like, if you really want to fucking get in somehow, like, look into it, dude. The internet is right there. Yeah. How hard is it to find out? Like, I have a, a Twitter follower who start. he's a big Office fan. And he, him and I connected on that level. And then 
he just emailed me one day and asked me for advice on cleaning up his cover letter and resume. And I literally said, I was like, you need to get more personality into your cover letter. Yeah. Like it feels like you copied and pasted or like you found it online, a template and you inserted your experience and that's it. I was like, you seem fine. We've had great conversations and jokes about the office. Like be yourself, like just be you. Yeah. He sent me a revised cover letter the other night and I was like, God damn. I was like, I did it. <laughs> like, I was so happy for him. Cause I was like, dude, yes. Like you did exactly what you like, be you like, be people and like for the most part good people will respond to it you know and if they don't respond like fuck them you know move on you know yeah, but for the exactly. most part if you're talking to a person and you just are humble and passionate in yourself it, good things will happen it's just it's when you get to in your head i think or you get to like kind of yeah caught up on what you think is expected is that's when you end up feeling let down and things not don't happen for you yeah but yeah yeah i don't know it's funny because i literally was the polar opposite of this when i first started i was shy and scared i didn't want to pick up a phone like i remember my first internship i did do tour press and we didn't it wasn't a very big email thing you picked up the phone and called people and you had to do a pitch over the phone and i was like i hate this it's terrible <laughs> like i'm so uncomfortable but like over time i've just kind of seen like me the moments that i find success have been when i'm just totally and completely myself and unapologetic like i think kesha said it she said something like be unapologetically yourself always and yeah. like that is always going to work you know yeah. like you may hit some bumps in the road but just be you yeah. and like because there's the one level of like for side one like you know good people good music like that's one level of it but mm -hmm. like i think for like your personal life it's like i'm just gonna be me yeah. i'm gonna do my thing and if somebody doesn't like that Yep. your loss yeah and it definitely yeah and it's it's the kind of thing where like it still sucks you know and it still sucks oh, to yeah. be yourself and put yourself out there and trust people and open yourself up to people and for them to to stomp on it or just to squash it or shut the door in your face that's always gonna suck yeah i'm not trying to say that it won't right. you know but that's when you like put on a loud record yes and, like, you put on the paramore record <laughs> i did it you did it and you know what we We've brought it back and closed it on paramore i think that's like a great place that's what to... you said you said you don't have to do this and yeah, but like, we i'm going it. to hell yeah <laughs> very nice cool well yeah uh, thanks for having thank me thank you so much yeah and uh yeah, I mean, is there anything you'd like to promote before we... I'm just like a promotion machine. I just, I think I just did my thing. I okay. Don't, I don't know when this is going to come out. Warrior's new single, Future Me. Stream it. Put it on your playlist. Please, God, streaming is everything right now. Please stream the song. Um, House and Weiss, Runaway, same thing. Stream the shit out of it. Also, that song's co-written by Tegan from Tegan and Sarah. Whoa. That's pretty cool. Also, just to really quickly, that was an example of Allison Weiss knew Tegan very, 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 very vaguely. Like they sort of like circled around being fans of one another. And my boss, Joe Sib, told Allison, like, you have her number, just reach out to her. Like, what's the harm? Like, what's gonna happen? Just hit her up. Tell her you're a fan, you want to tour with her. Like, just reach out. And Allison did. And then a year later, we've got a single out and Allison that Allison co-wrote with Tegan. That's one of her heroes. Like that is a result of just like, just do it. Like, yeah. Just be passionate. Be yourself. You're so excited about this artist. Just tell them that. And like, hopefully something works out. And then before you know it, she, honestly, I think it's Allison's best song. You know, it's, it's, it's the pop anthem that she was born to make. And she was able to do it because she was courageous enough to just be herself to Tegan and make a song. And so there.
Nice. Lesson learned. Lesson runaway by Allison Wise. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. This has been great. Thank yeah, you thanks so for much. Me. Thanks for coming. Yeah, and uh, for everybody out there on the internet or podcast machines or wherever the hell you're listening to this Yes, to, your podcast machine. Uh, you can follow Side One Dummy at Side One Dummy. Yeah, um, pretty much everywhere is at Side One Dummy. Uh, I'm at Jamie Coletta, and uh, we have a store that we're recording this out of in Los Angeles. Uh, a Sidewind Dummy pop-up store. You can just tweet at Sidewind Dummy to find out when we're open. Yes, and do that. Yes, do so that because we're not always here. here. We're uh, not always here, so do that. <laughs> but I'm here right now, and I see so much stuff I'm about to buy. So <laughs> I'm going to stop recording, and I hope you all enjoyed this episode. Okay, bye. Repeater is hosted by Evan Ford Barden and Patrick Cartelli. Visit us online at repeater.show for live dates, hot music tips, and show archives. Theme music by the Sun Lions. Everything else by Love Nest Productions. Welcome to Repeater. <laughs>